right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Lead Fitness Podcast with your host, Caleb Whitfield. I am joined today by Coach Mike McGivikin, and our guest today is Bob Krupp. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. I appreciate uh, the invite. Um, I was looking forward to it. Could Good. be fun. I'm usually on the other side of podcasts <laughs> as a Asking listener. questions? Oh, listening. Listening, <laughs> yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah, now I'm actually uh, an active participant. It's kind of neat. Yeah, well, this is super amateur hour, so we'll do our best to okay. have a, a free-flowing conversation today, get to know Bob a little bit better. Uh, so a little bit of background, Bob has been a client of Mike's for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was probably... About three and a half years? I, I think the fall of 16. Yeah. 2016, yeah. That's about three and a half years. And you're 64 years old? I am 67. Young. 67 years yeah. young. Yeah. 67, <laughs> yes. Just killing it. So... Um, cool. Well, let's start with, uh, kind of where you're at now. Uh, Mike, you know, when you guys first came over here to the gym Mm -hmm. or when I first met you over at Mike's gym, you were just crushing some glute ham raises, just working out like a madman over there. And it's not every day you go in a gym and you see a bunch of like college and high school age kids working out. And then you got 67 year old over in the corner, just working circles around them. And so that was really impressive. And, uh, you know, Mike was like, saw the look on my face and was like, yeah, that guy, he's a stud. So, <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. So, you know, for, for most people, you know, you're that are getting up there in age, they start uh, hanging it up, you know, and you're just charging right into um, chasing after staying healthy and fit and seeing what your body's capable of. Absolutely. Uh, and that's pretty awesome. So let's kind of go with kind of painting the picture now that you are a very fit and vibrant 67-year-old, let's go back to kind of your teenage college years, 20s and 30s. Tell me about your fitness journey. Um, I was an active kid, okay, back in growing up in those days. Uh, I, I came kind of to uh, maturation during the 60s, in the, in the 70s, and in the 50s a little bit. I was born in 1952. Uh, we did everything outside. Uh, as far as organized sports go, because of the dynamic of my family, the only organized sport I played was I played hockey because we were home uh, at that time of the year. Whereas in the summertime, when a lot of kids play baseball or maybe in the fall football, we were off. We had a cottage. We spent time on the lake and, had, and that type of stuff. But I was always very active. We never had the distractions Um that, that technology provides yeah. young young people today. It's a I mean, blessing and a curse. It, it, <laughs> yes, in a way, it was. Uh, so the goal was just to go outside. I did play a lot of baseball. I uh, played football. I did anything that could outside. But hockey was the only organized sport that I played, and I played that until I was um, – I thought I was a junior in, in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I got a little bit older, I graduated high school – I got right into the working world and I moved out and I was about 18. So I had to get a job and I didn't come back to fitness until probably almost 10 years later. Well, I was about 28 years old and I noticed a little conditioning change in, in my body as, as, as you get a little bit older and I didn't like that. And I started running. And so for the next 10 years, I ran and I ran a lot and mostly roads uh, did a lot of 10Ks whenever I could find them, and I migrated finally up to running marathons. Nice. And um, that lasted till I had my first child, and then 
things kind of changed a little bit. Yeah. My, my wife wasn't a runner. Uh, it was a matter of time. Of course, you're working. And uh, it just kind of went by the wayside. Uh, I would continue every so often, like I like to say, I would keep my fingertips into fitness. But life would kind of like push me away, uh, mostly jobs and, and I'd say responsibilities with kids mm -hmm. and that type of stuff as my kids played baseball and, and soccer. But I would go work out at the local gym, but it was always myself. And uh, it stayed that way on and off. I would go back and I'd start to run again occasionally here and there. And it went this way till probably about five years ago. I was on and off fitness kind of guy. And I got to 62 years old and I realized that you know, retirement in my mind was coming close. And then if I was going to enjoy this period of my life, I needed to change a little bit of what I was doing. Because um, just like what is a driver for many of us, you know, I didn't like, I didn't like the way I look when you get, when you get out of the shower. Okay. You see that guy in the mirror and you go, Whoa, okay. I didn't feel that well, but probably most important was is I started getting some numbers, some health numbers. Mm -hmm. I was uh, blood work. Blood work, yes, absolutely. Uh, I was pre-diabetic. Uh, I had I was pre-hypertension, and I went after I had some of those tests. I had a a doctor come in to me, and she said to me, "Well, you're a you're a diabetic," and there was no discussion. It was just a matter of this is where you're at, and. In her due diligence, she signed. Uh, she uh, got me a number of doctor's appointments associated with diabetes and all that type of stuff. I met a podiatrist. He said, "Bob, you're okay." He says, "Just you just need to change your diet and work out." And so that was really the seed of where I wanted to go. Because as as all too often, uh, doctors they want to put you on blood pressure medicine. Yeah, they want to put you on cholesterol medicine they want to do all that and I, I kind of wanted to avoid that if I could so I, I got I was at that point in my life where I, I needed to to make a change so um, it's really the better part of your 40s and 50s you didn't really do a whole lot physically. no no I kept like I said a little bit I kept my fingertips in I'd go in I'd work out at the gym for uh, you know maybe a month six weeks uh, running and then it would slowly I'd, I'd let let go of it Mm -hmm. So, yes, yeah, absolutely. From about uh, my late 30s, 40 years old to almost 60, it was that on again, off again type situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got to that point in my life where I knew I had to do something. Yeah. And, uh, so I finally made that decision and I started uh, going to the local gym, working out by myself. And once I got kind of a, I'll call a, a habit going where I was going on a habit, I realized I needed a, a, a lot more. I needed something else. And now, were you retired at this point? No, not yet. Okay. No, no. I, uh, this was, uh, I was 62, so that was about uh, uh, 20, 2015. Okay. And so I started going myself, and I got a habit going where I was getting up early in the morning before work, and I was going to the gym. And then uh, I realized to be, and I was starting to feel better. Because I was I was pretty consistent in it, and but I needed I knew I needed something else. I needed more structure. Mm -hmm. uh, so my first step was to go to a, a studio here in town, and I that basically is a, a heart rate based interval place, and started working out there. Um, and then again, 
that evolved into I wanted to do even more. And then that's when Mike and I uh, hooked up. I wanted to get into a little more strength training. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to I wanted to know how to do it. That yeah. was my number one key is, is how to do it mm -hmm. uh, uh, effectively and efficiently. Because I really I've never I never lifted weights at all ever. And so I went to Mike and then we started that that little journey, our little journey together. And of course, you know, my concerns were uh, I didn't want to get hurt because I do have issues from being 67 years old. Got a little knee issue. I got some shoulders issues that are kind of uh, a little limiting in, in some respects. But uh, I wanted to go to that next level. And that's and that's when I did. And then it, it kind of blossomed from there. What was really interesting is once you start getting fit and you get this fit mindset, it, at least for me it did, and I think it does for a lot of people, it kind of transcends out from that actual physical activity you're doing to diet and to understanding health on different levels that maybe you never looked at it before. Um, I started looking at things a lot, uh, obviously from an anti-aging perspective in a longevity perspective yeah. and, and doing things that um, I thought could benefit me in, in that respect and also complement uh, the workouts. So I, I tried to fine tune my diet. I kind of experimented a little bit. Um, I brought up, I, I, I got into fasting many, many years ago when I had a girlfriend uh, and I uh, had a visit from a cousin of mine who fasted. And I did a little bit of that, but I put that on the mm -hmm. side. And then I got into a little bit more of, of that fasting. Uh, in fact, I'm fasting today. Today's a, a, a 24 hour fast. A, a, Pretty much a 24-hour fast. Okay. So it, it varies. I'll, I'll, I adopted, while I was still working, I adopted a lunch-to-lunch -lunch type scenario where I would eat lunch. You're typically done by 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I would go to the next day, 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon, to try to give you that 24-hour uh, yeah. uh, period. And what I found out, though, is a lot of times I'd get to that lunchtime the next day and I wasn't hungry. Mm. And I'd kind of even push it a little bit further. And then I'd see how I could work out. That was my concern: mm -hmm. is how how working out. Well, for because about two years ago, you were you were doing a lot more fasting. I was I doing a lot more fasting, yes. and I think we kind of found that there was a certain point of balancing, mm -hmm. making sure you had enough fuel that you could yes. have more intense workouts. Because there were some days where you come in off a bigger fast, and mm -hmm. there just wasn't not that they're bad, but there just wasn't quite as yes. much juice. Yeah. So exactly. having those days that we know we're going to push a little bit harder, making sure that you eat enough, there's enough carbs, mm -hmm. so that you do have that energy, but. It seems like recently you found a pretty good balance. Yeah, uh, I've kind of backed off a little bit, but I wanted to get back to it only because, um, you know, diet's like anything else. It's And, and I, I consider it's kind of fasting as a diet. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 uh, it, takes your, uh, it takes your focus. But what, like what Mike was talking about is I didn't seem to be as – when I was doing basically cardio-type training, I didn't find fasting – as debilitating, well, I don't, debilitating is the wrong word, uh, fatiguing in yeah. a way. But once I started lifting weights yeah. with Mike and, and some of the earlier stuff we were doing, for me, it was, they, they were some pretty, yeah. pretty tough workouts. And we were lifting, relatively speaking, pretty heavy weights. Right. I, I found that hard to negotiate. So that kind of. Well, I wouldn't say relative. I would say you, you've lifted some pretty heavy weights just for anyone. Yeah. So it, part of that comes down to the fueling required mm -hmm. for those. I mean, yeah, if you're doing yes. more aerobic-based endurance activities, mm -hmm. you're going to be utilizing fat for yeah. fuel. 
um, if you're going to be doing, you know, anything. Glycolytic. Yeah, glycolytic you're going to have to have. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're a CrossFitter, don't try to fast for 24 hours and then come do a, a CrossFit traditional workout because you're going to have zero energy yeah. Yeah, in your body. Um, not, not that fasting cool. can't fit within a CrossFit training regimen. It can, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of variables that go mm-hmm. into that. Uh, well, there's I some would... really good research out there about oh, yeah. fasting and longevity. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, uh, uh, Mike actually turned me on to Rhonda Patrick, who really yeah, got yeah. me down this this rabbit hole of anti-aging, longevity, fasting, and if She's got some good episodes she, with Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, yeah she does. She's, got some awesome she's, uh, she's a very, very intuitive woman. And actually then got into environmental training, too, which now we get into. We're talking about uh, saunas, cold mm-hmm. pool, steam room type thing, uh, which was uh, something yeah. else. So Again, it, Hamilton it, stuff. It, it goes into that. It goes back to that same point I was talking about where as you once you start getting into the fitness aspect of it, now you start broadening your whole perspective. Now you really want to kind of let's let's see how how fit I can really be. And, well, there's a really key thing to pull from that with how you went about doing it. And it is it kind of goes back to this concept of behavior change mm-hmm. and focusing on one thing at a time or small changes. It, it sounds like. The, the catalyst for you was, you know, getting the blood work and being like, I need to do something. And then your next step was just to join a gym and just start going. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of went from, okay, now I'm making less, I'm going to the gym. That became a regular routine. I'm going to the gym regularly than it was into the nutrition and so on. And mm-hmm. where a lot of people get tripped up is they try to do too much all at once. Yeah. They say, man, I got to get my act together. And then they go and they throw away all the junk food in the house and they buy all the good organic green veggies. And then they go join a new gym and then they, you know, they they make all these changes to their life. And it's just so much change that none of it sticks. Yeah. You know, and it's like, just go find a gym and go five days a week. Like that's your goal for the next month. Then once that becomes part of your lifestyle, then move on to the next thing and the next thing. And when I I first started and it was obvious that I was, I hadn't really gotten into it. I was just, just still going to my uh, the, the gym. And um, uh, I, I obviously was losing weight. That was a goal of mine, even though I never really made that a real focus of mine. I never stepped on a scale because I didn't really want that scale to kind of determine whether or not I was doing the right thing or mm-hmm. not. But my son said to me, he says, uh, uh, he says, you know, that, you know, you know, it's a little bit of weight loss. He says, just guess where you'll be in a couple of years. Okay. And I said, well, and I kind of took a pause and I said, wow, a couple of years. But it goes to your point about it being this this behavior change. Yeah. And, and, and indeed, that's what it's turned out to be is a two years, three years, four years, five years. And you're still striving to, to fine tune that, that fitness. Well, speaking of where you're going to be in a couple of years, do you remember the very first workout you did with me? Do you remember what the main set was? Because I actually do. I... I, no, I don't. There's two main exercises. I, I, no, three. three. I know we started exercises. doing deadlifts a lot. Well, the very first workout. squats. The very first workout was a goblet box squat with a 25-pound dumbbell, mm-hmm. a dumbbell RDL with a single 25-pound dumbbell, and a bodyweight step up to like an 8-inch box. I think okay. we did a couple rounds of 10, 10 or 12 reps. Compared to some of the stuff you're doing now, where we're working with 80 and 90-pound kettlebells, mm-hmm. You've, you've box squatted in the 400s. You've done some double bodyweight deadlifts. You've done a lot of stuff. You've done some long distance stuff. Um, I mean, that was just, if you look at it, it's only three and a half, four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that right now would be 
literally a warm-up for you, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. When you look at it that way, when you put it in that yeah. perspective, you kind of quantify it that way. As you do when we do a lot of rep work. Yeah. Um, uh, the first time when we were doing a little lighter weights, might put it in perspective for me. Well, quantified it when you're doing 20 reps at, I'll just throw 100 pounds out there. Okay, well, you've actually lifted this much. Yeah. yeah. So it was a, it's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of progress. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's uh, – and, you, you know, it's a, it's an understanding of, of what it takes to to bring that successful lifestyle. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. I never thought I would get to a point where it became part of my life as much as as breathing and eating and sleeping. Whereas if I don't work out now, it doesn't always have to be a crushing workout. But, Shouldn't always be a crushing workout. Right. But uh, <laughs> as long as it, that I miss it, that it's important to me, both mentally and physically, to do that. Yeah, well, it's movement is important, and it's you're you're much more now a you're exercising for longevity, and you're a lifelong exerciser, mm -hmm. if you will. Whereas I would assume when you were running in your twenties and thirties, you were probably driven, at least in some part, more by maybe chasing progress with yourself, seeing how fast you could mm -hmm. run, maybe seeing you know trying to win stuff. Like the competitive yeah. drive was more there which maybe fueled your workouts versus like, you know, when you're in your twenties and thirties, you're not really thinking about, Oh, I want to work out so that I feel good when I'm 70. Right. Oh, when no. you're 65, you're <laughs> yeah. thinking I want to work out so I feel good when I'm 70, but yeah. you know, more people would benefit from having that as a part of their mentality. It doesn't need to be your entire mentality. Right. There's nothing wrong with chasing performance, trying to win competitions. I mean, you have a limited window of, you know, when your body's going to be at its peak, you know, potential to express mm -hmm. strength and everything else when you're young. So go for it. But, uh, you know, at a certain point in time, when you work out and exercise for a long enough timeline, you, you have to evolve from I'm working out for to see how much I can draw out of my body performance wise into I want to make my body something that can function well when I'm old. You know, there's got to be that shift. And a lot of people um, seems like to me they work out for the performance aspect for a while and then they don't make that transition very well or at all and then they quit it and then they go into this period of time of no activity or no exercise mm -hmm. and they get even more unhealthy and then at some point in time they have that they they either have had it or they will have like you have that kind of wake up mm -hmm. call like look man you're diabetic like you got to change something mm -hmm. because you know you got yourself to this point so yeah um yeah it was kind of a uh almost a point too, as I got older, because a lot of times when you're younger and I would try to strive for that, that consistency of working out when I was in my forties, even which I still now, when you, when I look back from 67, 40 is pretty young. When you're 40, you don't necessarily think 40 is young, but in hindsight, 40 is pretty good. Uh, I'd hug it right now if I had it. Um, but, uh, I kind of lost my point there. I, I lost that a little bit. Um, but, you, you still think that you have all this time when you're there in your 40s, in your 30s, in your 20s. At, you know. But when I got to that other point, I realized I didn't have that time anymore. And it was kind of like a, it's now or never type situation. 
But even when I started, so if you went back to your 40s and 50s when you were kind of in that period of mm -hmm. jobs and family and life and stuff, and you let your fitness and health kind of slip. Mm -hmm. Knowing what you know now, what would you have tried to do maybe differently to just maintain some sort of level of fitness and health, even with your busy schedule? I would have pushed myself a little harder to stay active mm -hmm. and accept the idea that you don't always, and Mike and I have talked about this a, a lot, accept the idea that there's no such thing as a bad workout. If you go there and just work out lightly because maybe you're tired or you don't feel too good or maybe you've got time constraints because you're going to take your, your kids to baseball practice or whatever, that at least working out and keeping consistent at doing that, I think that would probably benefit tremendously because I'd always be fit. And then there would be those times where you could work out a little bit harder. It's, it is discipline. Um, I think I use it as excuses, uh, you know, time constraints, um, work. It's easy to talk yourself into thinking, well, if I can't go get this hour long, you know, session mm -hmm. at the gym or if I don't feel awesome, then it's not even worth doing. Yes. When in reality, when it's like, hey, going out in your garage for 20 minutes and doing something mm -hmm. yeah. is better than nothing. And it's going to make you feel better physically, psychologically, you know, yes. in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. Well, that's like, and you even said when you're on any of your RV trips or on vacation, that sometimes you realize that, hey, I have, like you said, you get 20 minutes. I'm going to go warm up for five minutes. I'm going to hit it with a kettlebell or a dumbbell or, or just body weight if I don't have right. anything. I'm going to hit something for 10, 15 minutes. And then I got to go do mm -hmm. something. I have another responsibility. That's still that twenty minutes is well worth it. If you oh, can do absolutely! That, if you can do that three times a week, maybe that's not ideal for performance, but for just maintaining, you can do a lot in three twenty-minute sessions a week. Yeah, when, when, when people don't feel like doing something and then they just do it anyway, mm -hmm. when in regards to workout or physical activity, almost never. Do they tell themselves afterwards, man, I wish I would have not done that. Yes. You know, you <laughs> no, feel better. Never. You're glad <laughs> you did. Even if it wasn't even like a butt kicking workout or, or you know, you didn't go in and set a new PR or whatever. It's like you're just like, man, I'm just glad I like got to break a sweat and focus inward on what my body is doing instead of all the other crap that, you know, kind of goes through your head with life all day, every day. Agreed. Agreed. Because I think you're always going to have those times when you're flat. I you know, Michael tell me he wasn't feeling good sometimes. I said, well, you, you feel that way too? <laughs> oh, yeah, coaches. <laughs> yeah, I said, that, that's good. We're, we're people. <laughs> you, you feel like not there working are, out today? I there said, are days when fitness professionals don't want to work out. Yeah, it's, uh, Dude, I would almost say more often than not when I come in, I'm like, ah, man, I don't want to do this. But you Well, the longer out. you do it, the more of those days you do have. Yeah. Where it's just like, I'm just going to do this because it's a part of my lifestyle mm -hmm. as opposed to when – we were probably younger and more chasing the competition side of things. It was like, you know, you're in there rare to go because you saw like, you know, I still have all these PRs to hit and all this progress to make. And, um, you know, we talked the other day, we were joking. We're like, you know, I don't think I'll ever PR my deadlift again. And I'm fine with that because I don't need to pick up 600 pounds. Off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> At a certain point in time, yeah. it's like enough's enough type thing. It, it, it does, it does wear on you a little bit. And that's sort of where I kind of wanted to go. I didn't know really in the new year, I wanted to do something different. Um, I still would like to go back and do some box squats and see how. Yeah, things, we will go back to that and some deadlifts and see how it works out. But 
Yeah, I did want to, uh, because it does wear on you a little bit when you lift really heavy and all that. And then I started looking at it, where where did I really want to go and how does it fit more into my life? Um, it sounds like you've done a lot of self-experimentation in the past couple of years, which is another yes. very big, important part of this. And an area not only with fitness, but more so that I talk to people about with nutrition and some of the lifestyle habits too, is you have to experiment on yourself because mm -hmm. what works for you is going to be unique. And there's principles that are the same for a lot of people, but, you know, fasting makes you feel a certain way, a good way, then do it. You know, someone else could try to do the same fast or do a 16 hour, eight hour fast. And like, they feel horrible. And it's like, not everybody needs to do that. You know, there's no one solution. Uh, but if you don't put in at least a little bit of effort and time to do the experimentation yes. and be aware of, you know, the effects of it, you know, you're going to have a really hard time kind of finding that optimal plan for you. And there's, there's so much information out there. It's, it's kind of exciting to find things that work for you and, and to try to experiment. Um, I, I find that that in itself is almost energizing that even it's almost like a, a, a cycle here. Where the well, it's, something, you, it's something you get to be new at again. Yeah, exactly. And you know that there's a lot of progress there. Right. I would just say with the World Wide Web being what it is, maybe run that through the filter of a professional most of the time because yeah. there's some things on the internet <laughs> yeah, wait, where it's like i'm gonna try this new diet where i'll eat three grapes uh, every day at six o'clock in the afternoon and i drink just uh, diet yeah. soda I, I, yeah, I, I got your point there yeah it was on the internet it must be true yeah. right this um, person on instagram with all these abs told me to do this so it's gotta be what yeah, good point there i would want someone to do something that's kind of crazy but uh but there drink three gallons of water in a day uh <laughs> that would be a lot. Yeah, it sounds like kidney failure to me. Um, so, question for you: What major fitness and health and nutrition kind of um, ideas or beliefs did you hold for most of your life that maybe you found out these past couple of years weren't necessarily true or correct? Were there anything that you kind of like? Well, I always just kind of thought this, and then when I started getting into this stuff more serious a couple of years ago, I realized that I had been looking at it the wrong way or doing it wrong or whatever? Well, uh, initially, and is that fitness was weight loss. Mm. Okay. And, and that was, that was a, a way to quantify your fitness was like, you know, losing weight and all that. And no, that's in my mind, it's, it's completely wrong. Yeah. Um, there's not a direct correlation I, between someone's fitness level and their body fat composition. Yes, right. Well, there's not a super direct. I mean, there's some generalizations you can make. Yeah. But um, I've seen some people that don't look the part mm -hmm. that are absolute monsters yes. of fitness. Yes. And there's plenty of people out there that look stage ready fitness wise, you know, ripped and muscly that just don't have it. And I've, I've seen that experience. Uh, I've experienced that too, that yeah. uh, someone that just crushes it. And uh, they, they don't fit that stereotypical body I mean, style. A lot of that comes to you can lose weight. Of, you can lose body fat and lose weight and still be very unhealthy. Oh, absolutely. And not be fit and not be, be very sick on the inside and look yeah. yes. know, mm -hmm. magazine ready. Well, a, a lot of those, unfortunately, a lot of diets that are prescribed, yeah, you can look, you can have that one picture where you really look the part, but you're at your most unfunctional state because you're completely depleted. Your micronutrients are gone. It's the chemicals in your body are not in a very good state. So, I think that's actually a pretty common misconception. Mm -hmm. when people from the outside just assume that weight loss is fitness, which it's a, there's they're correlated, but yeah, I, 
I, I think it, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier in the conversation in uh, thinking that maybe singularly there is a certain way to achieve fitness. And I think I was at that point when I was running because that was my only mm-hmm. uh, fitness escape, so to speak, as I yeah, ran. Yeah, kind of buying into that dogma. Right. I, I wish run to be in shape. I wish I would have had a little different perspective then, much like I do now, because it was just a singular focus. I ran out and ran. I was very – I was pretty fit. Yeah. I, I was a lot lighter. I mean, I had a hard time carrying 140 pounds <laughs> at that time. Uh, but I – I only looked at it from that. That was my only avenue. Mm-hmm. So, but I realize now that there's just so much more to it. Yeah. It's such a broad. Uh, yeah, I mean that's one of the revolutionary things of CrossFit is their redefining of what it means to be fit. Because mm-hmm. really, up until about 2000, it was the, the the fitness scene was dominated by either endurance athletes, you did running or triathlon mm-hmm. or whatever. Or meatheads in the gym doing bodybuilding, you know, trying to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was kind of one or the Mm -hmm. other. And then, you know, kind of CrossFit came along and then the whole, you know, Jim Jones, the whole wave of boot camp. And, hey, let's do all of it. Let's run Mm -hmm. and go pick up barbells and do all this stuff. And, and, you know, CrossFit kind of came out with its own definition of fitness. And you're really, you're very correct there. I mean, you can get fit running, but not fit in kind of a total sense. You know, there will be deficiencies if all you do is run, just like there will be deficiencies if all you do is lift. Um, and so, you know, CrossFit is really trying to kind of attack it more from a generalized approach. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be good at all of these different fitness measures. Um, I think when I ran a lot back in that period, that decade or a little over a decade of my life where I ran a lot, I noticeably didn't have, and this is one reason why I went to Mike too, is I didn't have the strength that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I might have had an, uh, an aerobic endurance. You want me to finish that thought? That I was yeah, going? go ahead and finish that thought. I'm not really sure where we just cut out. Um, welcome back to the podcast, guys. We <laughs> ran into our time limit there. So what was the – start from, like, the beginning of that thought, if we can. Uh, and we'll it, wrap this up. It talked about – you asked basically what I – what how my fitness perspective had changed from – when I was younger mm. to, to now and, and what are the things. Um, but as I was a runner, all I was, I, I felt I didn't have any strength that I had lost a lot of strength. And, and uh, I actually, what was really just illuminated that whole point was uh, I played hockey for Broward community college. Surprisingly, they actually had an intramural hockey team in South Florida, if you can believe that. And, I, I had no weight, no strength, and I couldn't play the game the way I, I had played it when I was younger. So mm. it was a little bit different. So, um, so that singular, I guess that that the biggest thing that I've learned is that singular approach to fitness. It, it really isn't it. It's a it's a it's a broad perspective of different things mm-hmm. between different functions, uh, and then the diet and, and and things that you might want to experiment like fasting. And, but sleep's always a good one. I always start with that. Trying to find that optimum sleep, yeah, and getting it, getting that right, yeah. But I think that's everybody's too. A lot of times, yeah, yep. But, uh, There's a, a lot of obligations in life for people now, and just a lot of distractions, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to uh, to to push off something like sleep or mm-hmm. you know 
going to the gym. Yes. When you have all these other things to do. So absolutely. Um, the simpler times are gone, you know, Bob. So we just got to deal with, you know, the world we live in now. Yeah, exactly. So people exactly. got to learn to to prioritize and pick the the essential few things in life that are important and focus on those, and you know, try to cut out the rest of the noise. Yeah, well, absolutely, be, absolutely. You know, if we're kind of wrapping up here, the one thing because I've seen where you kind of where you started, let's say started, mm-hmm. to where you've come from. For anyone else that's maybe in a situation where you were depending on their age, but they're in a situation where they've been in and out and they're trying to make that decision. It's going to be daunting, especially if all you look at is on Instagram or you watch the CrossFit games or TV or any of that stuff. Don't be scared to start small and just show up, show up for a couple years and you'll be amazed. And the other one is there's going to be times where you don't have the best attitude. Something else is going on. Your effort's not going to be as good as you'd always want it to be, but just show up. Mm-hmm. Show up consistently three, four, five days a week for four years, and some pretty pretty cool stuff's going to happen. Absolutely. I agree with that. What I've learned, I can take uh, so much from working out. I can go to uh, a trip where I'm staying in a hotel gym, which, you know, are pretty limited. But I've got enough knowledge now that I can go down there and put some type of yeah. multi-function type circuit training together where I can put together a really good workout. Yeah. I can pull the stuff out of my back of my RV because I like to travel a lot and supplement it that way. And so I've learned so much about uh, how to how to work out. Yeah. Well, good, man. You're an inspiration, Bob. It's been a pleasure to, <laughs> to start to get to know you. I'm looking forward to seeing you continue to grow with your fitness. Um, appreciate you coming on the podcast today. My pleasure. So, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, thanks for being here again. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Lead Fitness Podcast, and we will catch you next time.